You're listening to Power Gauntlet. Power Gauntlet. The podcast dedicated to nerd culture. Hosted by Steve Papa. If you're looking for copious amounts of stupidity sprinkled with clever banter while discussing everything from video games to Star Wars, well... This is the show for you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Power Gauntlet. I guess first thing we we should do before we even get started in this podcast is do a wristwatch check. Oh, very nice. Very, oh, you've been watching, huh? Nice. I, I, nice, know, nice. I told you, I'm a big fan of yours. Well, I'm I'm very honored. Um, well, why don't you go first? Because I'm I'm very intrigued to hear what you you're wearing. So I am wearing my in honor of this whole nerd culture everything podcast that we're about to be doing. I am wearing my Seiko Wired AGA M six hundred one. That is the Metal Gear Solid watch. Oh, very nice, very nice, very cool. Yeah, I'm impressed. That is ah, oh, you you couldn't have picked a better watch for for your channel. <laughs> How long have you owned that? I've had this probably for four years now. I bought it maybe like a year after it came out on eBay. And uh, this guy was selling two of them and the copy of the game. And I was like, well, I just want I just want the watch. So I emailed him privately and I picked it up for maybe like 600 bucks. So, wow. yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, definitely need this. Is that the version? So I presume that's the version specially for... Uh, because I reviewed the kind of spin-off version, but, but that's like the limited edition, the one from the games. Correct. Right? Yeah. Oh, that's very cool indeed. Uh, so yeah, four years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. No, this is probably one of my favorite watches. It it gets the most um, like head turns. Like when I wear it, people are like, "Oh, what's that?" And mm. uh, it's a, the, a very good conversation starter. So. I bet it is. I bet it is. Very nice. Um, well, I'm I'm wearing. Um, I, you know what? I, sh- I, I I've completely failed. I've, I've, <laughs> I should have worn my my Seiko Jujaro, the the aliens watch. Yes. Um, and I, I'm I'm actually wearing my favorite watch, which is the Rolex Explorer. Uh, it's the it's a very simple. It's like the most simple um, Rolex watch, and it's j- no date, no nothing. Very, you know, um, time only. Uh, it was the watch of Ian Fleming, the the writer of Bond, um, and in some ways, kind of the unofficial b- real Bond watch. Some people actually think it is the real Bond watch because he he never actually said Submariner, he never said any other brand, never got specific with the, but he wore the Explorer. So um, yeah, I just I don't know. I I, I think I'm wearing it. Um, just to cheer me up, um, you know, it's my favorite watch. I, I I love it, but I really have failed. I, I I'm quite embarrassed. I should have I should have worn the Jujaro. I mean, you can't you, go do, wrong with the Rolex. You, know, you can't go wrong with the Rolex. That's true, but you know what? Um, the Jujaro, the Seiko, has tripled in value since I bought it. Oh, nice. Um, simply because of its connotation with the alien. Or aliens, I should say, movie when Sigourney Weaver uh, wore it. Um, I, do, do you know that? Do you know that uh, watch at all? So I have seen you wear it once before in one of your videos, and it, right. it's a pretty sci-fi looking watch. If anyone hasn't seen, it, I would definitely recommend googling it because it yeah. is pretty much like one of the most unique watches I've seen in a long time. 
Yeah, it's funky. It's it's very funky. It's um, it it was designed by the Italian uh, car designer. Uh, oh God, I'm going to butcher this, and and I, I speak Italian, but that's how difficult his name is. Uh, Gir, Gir, Giorgiotto Giugiaro. That's it. Um, so he actually did the he designed the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's all kind of interconnected, and and it's just uh, yeah, that's why I'm so embarrassed. I should have watched. That. I, sh- <laughs> I should have worn it. But anyway, um, let me ask you a question. Now that we brought up the Bond, whole Bond yeah. series, is there a reason why he went to Omega now instead of if he if the writer had a Rolex and that was his? I would assume that Bond would be synonymous with the Rolex then. Yeah, um, it's because the uh, Rolex never officially endorsed the franchise and and. Um, Ian Fleming, the the writer, he was very much, uh, um, he dropped a lot of brand names in the books, um, because he, he kind of lived that lifestyle, uh, a, a kind of, I, I don't want to say upper class British lifestyle, but it, it kind of was it, it, certain brands, certain, uh, fragrances, certain suits, certain shirt makers, all this kind of stuff. So he's very, very specific about what Bond wore and what, you know these kind of things, um, but but it was never official, and I think um, because then you know at, at some point Roger Moore switched to Seiko, mm. and that was like that was sponsored. You know that was a, a, a commercial. It was a, it was a, um, what's it called a product placement. Right. So I think I think after that kind of era ended, Omega just came in there and i think actually it's a really good fit because and I, I you know for my audience that are listening i've said this before but i think it's a really great fit because omega ha- have produced a lot of watches for the british military in their history i personally own uh, what's called the spitfire watch which is a little little um uh, pilot's watch from World War Two that that they made for the IRA. R, I was about to say IRA, <laughs> RAF Royal uh, Air Force pilots, um, and and you know I, I'm not trying to over dramatize that partnership, but they contributed to the the the, the pilots uh, keeping time in the Battle of Britain and, and subsequent conflicts, and that was a very you know, it's it's not a thing to be scoffed at. It's a, it's an achievement. They contributed to 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 the war effort, so to speak. Um, so I think there's a kind of noble, there's a good connection there. And and uh, you know, they they supplied Seamasters for the SAS, the SBS, which are elite um, um, special fo- British special forces forces. So I, it's not a big leap that Bond would wear an Amiga. I th- you know. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, you see, you see what I mean. I start talking about watches. I just <laughs> no, I love it. Sorry. That was, you know, that's where I first got started into watches. My first watch was like a, I don't know, an old Looney Tunes swatch thing. Um, nice. But I always loved my dad's wedding um, gift, which was an Omega Deville. It's like a solid gold watch, oh, yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I'm just They're lovely. Like, yeah, I'm like, oh man, I really want to have that. I don't mm. want to steal it from him. I was thinking about beating him <laughs> up and stealing it because I really want it. But then I said, no, can't do it. So let us um, so let me f- introduce you fully. You are um, host of the YouTube channel, The Urban Gentry. Right. That's so right, yes. Where, 
I guess, what was the original concept of that show? And then I guess, where did all those ideas come from? Right. Um, so I, we have to go back a little bit and, uh, I, I was working in the music industry and just about the kind of time it was collapsing basically. And I had to diversify into other jobs. Um, and I eventually started recording. I, I did everything, you know, I was, I was going from gig to gig one minute. I'm recording with a boom mic. The next minute I'm, uh, mixing a commercial and eventually when I first got my big paycheck that wasn't in a recording studio, that was just freelance by myself. Um, I, I kind of blew the money on watches because I always kind of liked watches. And, uh, then I had a lot of downtime because if anybody's ever worked, if you've ever worked in, um, uh, anything to do with recording, whether it's video or, or audio, sometimes you get, you know, you, you, you go a few weeks without, um, a gig, a, a, a job. Mm -hmm. So I started just making kind of little videos. Actually, I, I, I reviewed films. I was reviewing books. I was reviewing clothes. I was just, the, the whole point of it originally was, it was like a kind of like, I, I hate to say this cause I think it sounds a bit cheesy, but like a gentleman's just things I love, you mm -hmm. know, like gentleman's essentials, so to speak. So I had the EDC videos, you know, I talk about uh, a, a film is incredibly important to me and I'm sure, um, that will come across by the end of this, but, um, so is books for that matter. But I just was, I wanted to kind of share things I love. And some of that was obviously watches. And for some reason, well, I mean, back then, I mean, it, it sounds like a million years ago, but it, five years ago, YouTube was very, very different. And there wasn't really that many YouTube watch channels that weren't, either just somebody holding a watch for, for a seller and not saying anything. It was just, it was diff, totally different. Now, now, like it's exploded and you got the whole community on there and there's new channels coming up every day and it's just complete, which is great. Mm. I, I, I'm really happy about that. But back then there wasn't much there. So when I did a watch review, I noticed they started going viral. They started really, you know, you, you review a book and it gets a hundred views and then you, review a, a watch and it gets 10,000, you know, it's like, well, maybe I should do more watches, you know? So it just kind of escalated from there and just kept growing and growing. And, and now I do it full time, which I never thought I would do. So it's kind of a bit crazy, but that's, that's how it is. You know? Yeah. You're living the dream. I like that a lot. <laughs> what was, what was like your, uh, your favorite watch to review? Like in terms of overall skits, cause I know like you, you put on a lot of skits at the beginning of your, um, right. videos. Right. Like what was your favorite one to record in general? Oh, that, oh, that's a great question. I've never thought about, um, the most, you know, the, the, the one I really, Last summer, I and, and this video didn't do very well, but I had such fun recording it. I borrowed um, an Amiga Railmaster, and I I, sh I I went over the top. I the, it was completely overproduced. I, I spent I put way too much in for, into this video. It's just and and I was kind of disheartened that that it didn't get you know it didn't get the views. But um, but you know you, you just got to keep going. But the point was is that. I shot, I went, uh, do you, do you know Philadelphia at all? I've only been there once. Right. Okay. So there's, um, there's a, a very important 
prison or penitentiary, I, I should say, uh, that's been converted into a museum and they've kept it exactly how it was when it was operating. They've, they've, and it's insane. It's, it's just, it's like stepping back into the past mm. and, uh, you put the little audio tour and lo and behold, it's Steve Buscemi from, um, <laughs> from, uh, you know, Broadwalk yeah. Empire, Big Lebowski and all that stuff. Um, and he's doing the narration and you're walking around listening to Mr. Buscemi and it's just, it's amazing. And, and I, I shot half of the video there and then I went to a rooftop bar that overlooked the museum and we shot the rest of it there because my wife was helping me. Um, I mean, she, she puts up with my madness, but it's, <laughs> it, it was just really fun. I just had a great day and I, and, and I, and I, I was sitting at the bar and I, I was just talking about the watch and I just realized like, you know, I, this is great. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm having fun. So it was, it was, and it was a nice moment like to share it with my, my wife and, to go to these cool places and then just to talk about what you love. And, um, it was, it was a surreal moment, but, um, yeah. yeah so, so that's probably one of my most enjoyable videos. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand how much work that goes into, cause I, I have a few YouTube videos out there that are, you know, stupid ones from when I was younger. And right. a lot of people don't understand how much work goes into actually filming and editing and mm. rendering and, you know, uploading and all that stuff, like oh, all yeah. that work. And then when no one watches it, you're like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that sucks. Uh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a lot of work, but, um, and I don't think people realize I do this like seven days a week. Uh, I, I've, I'm trying now to slow down and like to take Sundays off and just to be like a normal human being. But, mm -hmm. um, I, I can't really stop working. I just, cause also like, I'm, I feel kind of blessed and I put a lot of work into getting where I am. So I just want to, you know, I don't want to take a moment for granted. And there's so many watches, there's so much little time I feel, you know, so, um, yeah. Not to be over, over, overly dramatic, <laughs> but it's, you know. Stuff. No, I mean, you <laughs> could definitely tell you put a lot of work into your videos. I mean, everything that you produce is, like, very well thought out, very well executed. Um, so it Thank definitely shows. Much. It Thank definitely you. shows um, all that work that you're putting in. Another Thanks. question I had in regards to your character of Hugo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah. for those of you who don't know who Hugo is, he is right. a, uh, he's a Velociraptor Tyrannosaurus Rex. I think he's a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah, he's a, he's a kind of dwarf, small Tyrannosaurus Rex. He didn't really grow very much. I think he was the runt of the litter, and I, I think that's part of his complex. So, yeah. where, where did that character come from? Is that like one of your friends or something? <laughs> like, where is that? I'm getting in serious trouble, but I, I have to get it. I have to say it. So, um, He's based on a, a family member that I'm not, well, actually who shares the same name. Um, so, and, and they actually commented one time on a long time ago on a video and, um, it's just me doing an impression, uh, you know, Hugo, if you are listening, um, <laughs> very, very sorry, but no, he's a, he's a wonderful gentleman and he, the, the, the caricature is not, the personality is not him. It's just the way he talks. So, um, but he, he actually, actually, I think I spoke to him one Christmas and he said, uh, Oh, I saw your videos. And, 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 um, and yeah, and uh, it was just, that voice gets I, me it kind of happened. I don't know. And, and because 
the first time I had this little model T-Rex, the first time I picked it up, um, just as a joke, I started talking and I did the voice. Mm-hmm. And this was years ago. And then it kind of became, somebody referred to it, oh, the T-Rex. And then I thought, well, I just, the name came and it just, I don't know, it just spiraled. And, <laughs> and now he's, you know, breaking into my apartment, wreaking havoc and, you know, stealing, stealing my watches and drinking my, my booze. I was you know, going so, <laughs> yeah. just saw that video too, where he's just <laughs> down, down in wine. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. It's so funny. It gets me every single time. I love it. Good. So <laughs> I told my wife about you. I go, listen, I have TGV coming on. She goes, oh, what does he do? I go, he does like a lot of watch stuff. And then she goes, right. oh, watches are nerdy. I can see how that works. And I go, right. watches are nerdy? And she's like, yeah, they got gears, mechanical stuff. It sounds like pretty yeah. nerdy stuff. And yeah. I was just like, I never even thought about it like that. I don't, yeah. Would you consider it nerdy to get to be um, into watches that much? I, I yeah there isn't well yeah I think your wife wife is absolutely right there definitely is an element of kind of I, the word it, it does nerdism even exist but we'll, uh, it it depend, now. well it does not yeah <laughs> uh, it de- it depends how far you take it like I have I have quite a strange not strange relationship but I have a like I know some people that really really I would say I watch nerds like they will tell you when it was made, the reference number, what the material, blah, blah, you know, this came out in 1976 and it was the the fifth iteration of blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and they'll just, you know, they'll tell you everything about the watch. Um, I don't have, my brain is not wired like that. Um, I can't, I barely remember right from left. So, you know, <laughs> I can't reference numbers. I still don't know half the reference numbers of watches I, I own. So, um, so yeah, I think there is an element of that, and and but but within that, there's kind of subgenres. There's there's the guys who love the mechanics, who love the engineering. There's the guys who love the the design. Then there's the status guys who wear them as kind of like power jewelry. You know, the the kind of the Patrick Batemans of this world. And and then there's um, I don't know the fashionistas. And then there's you know, so it's it's kind of different different types of nerds but it's all kind of nerdism really mm-hmm. you know yeah. um I knew, good question though, really. i knew you were a nerd and i'm gonna use that term very loosely but oh like, yeah I'm, what, I'm a nerd and proud yeah absolutely <laughs> when you were doing your war room video because did you move to philly or you just yeah, went there? yeah okay I'm, yeah so when i saw that video and, and then i saw what was in the background that i was like oh yes it was like a mario little Mario figurine yeah. you brought up Star Trek and I was like oh yeah I need to have this guy on so <laughs> that's when I reached out to you so what like what got you into that whole because you're a, a diehard Trekkie right yeah yeah I I mean look I mean I'm not gonna say I don't know each episode off by heart but if you and I don't know I can't remember what data's cat is called like factual stuff like that but i i absolutely love star trek i mean i love it i love the uh, tng ds9 i'm re-watching voyager at the moment i it's it's you know what i yeah I, it's not my favorite but ds i'm ds9 mostly but um yeah i it, it just makes me profoundly happy i love that world and i it make me makes me nostalgic for for when i watched it as a kid and i i think i was a bit 
I think I was a bit, um, didn't really appreciate it, how clever it is. Yeah, I haven't gone back and, and watched any of it. I I watched, um, which one's the one with Picard? Is oh, uh, the next, next generation. generation. Yeah. So I watched that one um, a little bit growing up, you know, the reruns mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And so I know a few of the characters, but I, I wouldn't, like, I didn't fall in love with it like I did Star Wars, right? Right, 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 right. So yeah. I, what what was it about the show that really got you into it growing up? Um. Well, I have to say, I love I, I love the original Star Wars uh, as well. The original, mm-hmm. you know, the original, the original trilogy. trilogy. Yeah, um, but I think what Star Trek had that Star Wars didn't is uh, there was, and I'll probably get flack from the Star Wars fans, but there was a depth to it intellectually. I think the the uh, the next generation, especially. Um, the way they would, because it was every episode is a different situation, a different, you know, they're exploring a different world. Uh, they're, they're, uh, but there's always some kind of moral conundrum. There's always some kind of, um, and it's, and a lot of it is so relevant to the modern world. Um, and I love, I love the way, especially Picard. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Picard because I think he, he, uh, Cisco is a bit more kind of, a little bit more, um, how should I say, aggressive, you know, like DS9 essentially is, is, a, is a war. The overarching story is more about war, mm-hmm. um, whereas whereas The Next Generation was that, that kind of, if you look at the Enterprise, it's like a big luxury cruise ship going around and, you know, solving problems, but not necessarily just resorting to, because most, most like, less intelligent science fiction it kind of schlocky stuff is just like oh you know good guys bad guys they have a massive fight and that's about it mm-hmm. but, but i think star trek there was so much more depth there was so much more social commentary there was um the the characters were so beautifully developed there was really intelligent writing you know, that um and i think even as a you as a as a, um, a young kid i i i kind of picked up on it i wasn't experienced enough in terms of being exposed to the real world you know i wasn't a, when you when you were a grown-up now now watching it back i was like oh my god this was some really clever stuff um and also compared to like i think with with the recent discovery coming out uh which is a bit more kind of big explosions and bright lights and all it's you know they're, they're appealing to a different generation you know mm-hmm. i'm not going to get into that argument but it's totally different vibe and it just made me want to go back and revisit and then i realized you know what i i took it for granted and it was such a good show um and the rewatchability of it which is really something i didn't you know i've, I've probably watched deep space nine beginning to end i think five or six times and every single time I get to the last episode I cry <laughs> no, yeah. and it's just, it's just bizarre like why am I crying like I feel like I know these these people are part of my um, I think actually they, they, they did a documentary called What We Left Behind I, I might have might be wrong in the, the title but it's a wonderful you know they, they interviewed the whole cast of uh, Deep Space Nine and they talked about why it was because it has kind of like but there's been a resurgence of interest in it 
um, new newer new trekkies, I guess you could say, are discovering it, and and I think are realizing, my God, that was a really good show, and it was way ahead of its time. Um, and I I just think it's um, it's it's even even deep so it's nine. Despite it being very war based, there is a positivity, and and um, I think next generation more though. It's it's this kind of I don't know. Just uh, it really appealed to me. Yeah, it really appealed to me. Sorry, I'm, oh, I'm waffling. <laughs> no worries. Uh, have you seen the new Picard show? Like, no, my, I haven't. Because okay, um, my buddies say my buddies are Trekkies and like they don't like it at all. It's very flashy, very guns blazing, like complete opposite of what how you described Star Trek. You know, and so right. I'm like, oh, maybe right. they are appealing to a, a different generation. So I'm like, ah, maybe I won't give it a shot. I don't know. I, yeah, I'm conflicted. I, the thing is, is I don't really have time, um, and I want to. I will watch it, and I want to watch it. Not uh, when when the hype has da- died down a little bit, and you know, I'm a bit slow to to you know you know when we were emailing, I was telling you about games and stuff I play. Mm-hmm. I'm a bit slow, like like I, I, I'm still playing games from the '90s. Do you know what I mean? I'm just. Yeah, no, I completely understand. You know, <laughs> times so, times move way too fast now. We got to slow yeah. down, smell the roses. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. How, how, I mean, I'm I I have a channel about mechanical timepieces. You know that which is you could say is completely dated technology, and it is. But but um, I guess it's it's a whole thing of being in in uh, the romance of the past, of past traditions, of past. Uh, things that, that were important um, that I think still are. You know, I, I, I think Next Generation, just like wristwatches, uh, and I'm not trying to be uh, corny, but they are timeless, mm-hmm. you know. See, um, now, now I'll have to give it a watch. I definitely have to sit down and watch it now, The Next Generation. Because the only mm. thing I've seen are the newer Star Trek films that I can actually recall, you know. Right. I, I could think of those, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, which ones? Which ones do you like? like the, or... the ones with uh, you know Chris Pine or whatever his name is. Oh, you oh those ones. Yeah, right. those okay. films. Yeah, I haven't seen any of the other stuff. Yeah, they weren't too bad. I, they had some kind of plot. They're a bit too. You see that? Uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to get negative about that. <laughs> they they had redeeming qualities, um, but then it. That, you see, that's what what I was saying earlier. They just resort to a big battle. Correct. Yeah, it's definitely you know, and, not. It's the same how they do um, like Batman films, um, mm. where you know Batman is this ninja, right? With his, that dresses right. up as a bat and can punch people in the face, but he's also yeah. the world's greatest detective. So you never get to see that aspect of Batman. Oh, in the of film. course. Yeah. Yes, you're absolutely right. So, yeah. So that's what the newest film, The Batman, that's coming out with. Um, uh, at, oh, the British actor. Yeah, what's he I called? Um, I can't remember. Robert uh, Pattinson. He, I just watched him in um, The Lighthouse. Have you seen that? No, you know, I saw that and I was just like, this movie looks way too weird for me. And I just <laughs> skipped over it. I said, no, there's no way I can do that one. Right, right. But right. that's precisely the weird stuff I like. You see. Okay, so now I have to give that a shot just so I can understand your, your mindset of movies. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I have to do. 
Okay. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's one thing I, I wish there was a detective film. So hopefully this one, um, Robert Pattinson is his name. That, yes. Yeah. Right, there you go. Yeah, nice. But um, yeah, that's the type of movie I want. So I could see how that Star Trek versus the original can be, you know, there can be that divide on why people like this one and not that one. But I know when I was growing, I don't. How old are you? Um, I just had my birthday too. I should know this. Um, <laughs> uh, I think I'm 37. Okay. I was born in '83, so if anybody listening, okay, they yeah. can do the math. So yeah, I was. I'm uh, 32. Yeah. Oh, 32. Uh, there we go. Perfect. So uh, I remember growing up watching Stargate SG1. I don't know if you were into Stargate. I, I loved the movie. I never got the series. Yeah, so but how was the series? The ser- and, and this is my old brain thinking, oh, when I was 12, 13, 14. But it was yeah. just a bunch of, all I remember was a bunch of Egyptian-style people with snake hoods and, you know, blasters yeah. <laughs> and going to different areas, but having the same kind of um, moral dilemmas, like when they visit a different world or whatever. So, right, 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 yeah, right. If, if Star Trek is like that, I'll definitely have to give it a shot. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think I did I did catch a few of those episodes. Um, I Yeah, in, check it out you know give it the, the first season is a little shaky mm-hmm. um but by the second and third in particular like it really gets going because the problem is they had you know after such a hi- hiatus and and following on from you know um william shatner and all of that um it's it's a very different star trek even to that so they had to kind of they had to find their bearings, so to speak. And, um, but when it gets going, e- either you really, really get into it and you'll, and you know, I, I hope you do definitely give it a go. So definitely next generation first and then deep space nine. Is that where yeah, we're going? Deep, yeah. Oh, deep space. That, I mean, I don't see how you're not going to like deep space nine, but I think to really appreciate it, you should watch, um, TNG first because actually I think D- D- DS9 started about halfway through or somewhere um, TNG was still going when they started Deep Space Nine. Is that the one um, with the? Is Deep Space Nine the one with the uh, the cyborg? What's her name? Seven or what? Uh, oh, that's that's Voyager. Oh, okay, never mind, never mind. Yeah. I'm getting confused. No, no, that's fine. Voyager is 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 problematic because it was. Oh God! Don't don't get me started. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll skip over that one. We don't need yeah, to have yeah, you yeah. Uh, get all aggravated yeah. with me now because I'm bringing it up. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah no, I'm yeah. so far behind when it comes to watching sci-fi films and and uh, TV shows. Uh, like we, my wife and I just watched the the uh, the, the thing. John Carpenter's the thing. Oh my god! And I yeah. just saw, it and I was like, "Wow, this is actually a very good film." <laughs> like, I was oh, surprised yeah. on how because usually films from the eighties, I'm like, "Eh, whatever," you know, like they're cheesy, oh, corny. Amazing. But this one's really good. I was surprised how uh, few people liked it actually when it was in theaters because I was looking at yeah. like the reviews and stuff. I was like, "Really, it bombed? This movie is great. It's better than mm. what we, the, a lot of the stuff we have now." Yeah. Oh. Oh. Definitely. I, the, the, that film. This. It's so multi-layered. It's so. There's so much you could read into it, and at the same time, it's just a monster movie. And you know. The, oh, I. I love. I really like that world as well. This kind of little claustrophobic. Um. Because that 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 film's nothing new. I mean, I think it was like the third or second remake, or. Um. And it's been done again, and. Um, 
you know, like I think the first time it was made was back in the fifties and it had this whole kind of, uh, McCarthy, McCarthy era kind of, you know, the fear of infiltration by communists, that kind of stuff. It was playing into that fear. And then, um, oh yeah. Wonderful. You should check out the, the, uh, um, invasion of the body snatchers with Donald Sutherland. And funnily enough, uh, God, I've forgotten his name. The actor that played Spock, um, Leonard Nimoy, I think yeah, it Leonard, is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's that particular, cause that also like the thing has been, um, remade different directors several times, but that particular version, you'll really enjoy it. Cause it's, it's kind of like the thing in the way it's like, wow, this is, I think it's a bit earlier, but it's very effective. Have Very you, effective horror film. So, have you seen the newest version of the thing, the one where they do it the uh, Norwegian side uh, point of view? It just came out a few years ago. No, they, they I also re, they also named it the thing, but it's from the Norwegian uh, base aspect. So, like before the first one starts. Oh wow! Okay, I'm definitely going to watch that later. Yeah, cool. I, I have not seen it, so I I can't attest to anything like that. But I heard it's actually, you know, a pretty close. Um, not recreation. That's not the right word to use. But I mean, they play off each other very well. Nice. But yeah, nice. do you, do you like horror films? Oh, I love horror films. But I usually don't yeah. get scared during them. You know, like my wife jumps all the time and everything like that. And I'll just sit there. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, like mm. gory films your, I like. Um, what, let's see. Yeah. What are your favorites? I'm, I'm, I do I'm, like. Well, I'm gonna come off as really weird because I really like the uh, Rob Zombie films. I don't know if you have ever seen those. Mm. Like the uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, I really enjoyed. Yeah, see, they're like, they're like the one only other person that actually likes that film. But yeah, you know, the he Devil's gets a Rejects. lot of slack. I don't really get un- understand why, but yeah, I like that film. Yeah, it's uh, it is a little weird, and even like um, I'll I'll watch um, what's the Human Centipede, and I'll just like laugh during the movie because it's just yeah. like way over the top it's, funny. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, how can you take that seriously? How can you <laughs> take offense by that, by something so ridiculous? I remember my brother and I, we were, you know, this is back in the day, but he was like, hey, you want to watch uh, The Human Centipede? I go, what's that? He goes, <laughs> ah, Dr. Sows three people <laughs> ass to mouth. And I go, let's put, yeah. it, let's put it on because why not? And if, you, if you didn't know what it was, it would sound like a little kiddies movie like the, <laughs> the human centipede let's go see the human do you know what i mean it has a yeah. kind of there's a slight innocence to it that it makes it more disturbing i think yeah but i mean even i watch stupid movies like that you know i'll, I'll watch the movie rubber have you heard, have you seen the movie rubber no it's no no a, i want to uh, see that a tire that uh gains sentience and he starts murdering people right 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 right, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah just... I, yes yes i still haven't seen that actually i'm, I'm gonna note that down because i want to want to see that yeah but cool. you know films like that I'll watch where it's you know the leprechaun or whatever cheesy yeah. campy horror films. The only one that actually um I remember watching the leprechaun when I was a little kid and that one really freaked me out because I was probably 7, you know, when the movie came out when I watched it the first time and I freaked out. I couldn't go to sleep. And now watching it again I start just laughing at every single scene. It is just so funny. But Hellraiser is like the movie that I can't stand. Like when I was a kid, I couldn't even watch it because he was so freaky. Mm. The, the, uh, the pinhead. Yeah, pinhead. Yeah, he had all yeah. this stuff. And I was like, no, can't do this one. And how do you feel about it now? I haven't gone back to to watch it. I'm too freaked out and I'm too scared. I can't do it. 
<laughs> just just uh, have have a bit of vodka and um, get you, get your wife to be there with you and, and, and enjoy. I think actually you'll probably be pleasantly surprised because it, it, it's a lot of these, the classics, are, are, well, The Thing is a prime example when it's well made and, and has a good, um, actually, funnily enough, one of the actors in uh, Hellraiser is also in, um, plays Garrick in, um, in Deep Space Nine. Um, I'm sure somebody listening to this will, will say the actor's name, but amazing, amazing actor. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, you should definitely rewatch it. It stands up. It really does stand the te- uh, test of time. Yeah, um, I'll have to do that. I'll definitely have to to watch some of those. But usually from like that point of view, like when I was younger in the 90s, I would watch um, a lot of Schwarzenegger films and a lot of Stallone films. So, oh, yeah, Like course, how yeah. you said you cried at the end of Deep Space Nine, I cry at the end of Terminator 2. <laughs> every single time when he just puts up that thumbs up and I just like start bawling. I just can't, yeah, I just yeah. can't handle it. I don't know. I watched that movie so much as a kid. Uh, my mom. It's so good though. It, you know, like that's what I mean about blockbusters uh, back in, I mean, in, in this, in the true sense of the words, like the, these big budget Hollywood productions that were had, that had well-written characters that had great concepts, uh, amazing direction, uh, um, great talent in, in in the actors. Uh, I think I, you know, that was the peak of Schwarzenegger. I, um, Linda Hamilton was amazing. I mean, I think, I think, um, I love, especially the way she trans is transformed from this innocent person in the first one mm-hmm. to, to like this really paranoid hurt, but, but vengeful, angry 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 person and 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 just it's yeah um yeah they're they're great i mean no offense to transformers fans but (laughs) they don't you know big budget stuff today just doesn't you know there's a there's a few gems like every so often but then it's not like back in the day maybe it's rose tinted glasses or whatever the expression is yeah it could be it could be but you're right now it's usually a big cgi you know video game battle at the end of every single movie and i'm like i I don't need to watch that like there's something about the first terminator film when it's just this claymation robot coming at you at the end and she's running through the factory and you just have like this uneasy sense the entire time because you could feel that she you know the T-800 can capture at any moment, you know, and then you're, yeah. Oh yeah. man, it's so good. Yeah. They don't make movies like that anymore. It's, no, it's very certainly irritating. Not. <laughs> certainly not. Certainly not. What, so what, uh, growing up aside from the films, what kind of, uh, things did you play? Cause I know you're a big PC gamer now. Yeah. I, I, um, I went through a phase of trying to get with all the new stuff and I just found it way too stressful. And, um, I I love my strategy games. Uh, I love my historical-based strategy games. You know, stuff like Age of Empires and Civilization, um, Total War. Uh, are you a company? Big, are you a big sorry, history buff? A bit, sorry, what was that? Uh, sorry, are you a big history buff? Like in real life? Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I do like I do like the the strategy games because I get to. I know what how history goes, so being able to kind of do it your way is always like a fun thing to do, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so 
I love that especially, but I have sci-fi games, you know, all the classics, like everything from Doom to 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 um, Super Mario to um, what's the last thing I was playing? I was playing Unit 13, which is a really nice little shooter, uh, first-person shooter on the PS Vita, which seems to be completely forgotten about. And um, Once again, uh, well, I think you're, so, you and I are the only ones to have a PlayStation Vita on hand. <laughs> I think we're the only two. Right. Yeah, yeah I love a, it's a great little handheld, you know? Yeah, even the um the kill zone game, the first person shooter. Oh yeah, for yeah, the... yeah, yeah, yeah. I have kill zone. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good. I don't know why yeah. people don't like it. It's such yeah. a cool little system. It has two joysticks, it has a touchpad in the back, it could run games very well. I don't know why it didn't I know. perform the way that they were expecting. I think you know what I, I think it is? I think it's that memory card, the proprietary Sony memory card. Do you know mm. what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I also the timing of it. Yeah, maybe because uh, like it came, it, it came out just as phones were getting better, and you know people playing games on their phones now, and well, at least I think that's what Sony said. But because I, I was looking if they were going to bring out something new, because I was looking at the Switch, I was I was thinking, oh, man, I might buy the Switch, and then I looked at all the games, and I'm just like, ah, oh, no, I've I've I'd rather find some old pc games for my pc yeah you know that's i have a switch and i do play civ 6 on there uh, nice so nice. i love the civilization games uh i'm not very good at them i'll give you that right. but like just the uh, building up a nation from you know settler to everything else yeah. i usually play as uh australia because they i play very defensive and right. so like um they have a, a buff where if you get um, declare if someone declares war on you, you gain production twice as fast. And so I like doing that where I'll just have, you know, I'll nice. just stand off and I'll play very slow. And then someone will obviously declare war on me. And then all of a sudden my production ramps up. I'm like, okay, now here's everything. Yeah. 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 Nice. 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 Who's your number one? I, player I didn't know they had it on switch. That's, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Who's uh who's your number one player to, or uh emperor to play as? Um, I, well, I, I usually play as, uh, either, uh, Rome, ancient Rome, Caesar, I guess, mm-hmm. um, or depends which version of civilization, but the last one I played, I think it had Churchill as the Brits. Um, okay. so yeah, uh, because I'm, I'm British Italian, so it's, it's, um, so it's very fitting. You have yeah. to, you have to represent. <laughs> exactly. See, I, exactly. I don't like playing as, uh. Well, they've changed it now, but it used to be uh, Alexander the Great was the Greeks, and uh, of course because you're Greek, yeah. Right, and right. so, like, I would play as him, but I didn't really like his strategy all that much. I was like, eh, I'll be Lincoln, I'll be America, you know. Like, right. they're bombers, yeah. you know. I don't like the early game. I I thought you were Greek because your name because uh, I used to live in Astoria in Queens, which is a very Greek yeah and uh, neighborhood. Uh, do you have family there at all? Uh, no, most of my family is. Uh, in this area, um, Chicagoland area, and I have some in Montreal, and then right. the rest of them are in Greece. Right. Do you, do you go back often? Um, enough, enough. I haven't been for a few years, but um, yeah, I, I, when I growing up, I used to go like every other year. We would go out there and spend a month or two months out there. Um, oh, yeah, so my nice. parents are from there, so I'm first generation. Um, so nice. you know, I don't speak fluent Greek or anything like that, but. I can get around. You know, I like to sp- say, speak at like a sixth grade level. 
you know, which is right, not right, terrible, right, right. but like to have an intelligent conversation with someone might not be my uh, forte. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, Greece is lovely. The islands, especially. Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, yeah. When was the last time you were out there? Uh, oh, what? Uh, uh, donkeys years ago. But uh, I went to um, Santorini. I went to Athens. I went to Mykonos. All the party um, places. I like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I like it. Mykonos is all about the clubbing over there. Yeah, I know. And they have these crazy volcanic beaches, which are which mm-hmm. are yeah. interesting. That's uh, yeah. like where my parents are from. They're called uh, the island's called Hios. It's right off Hios. the coast of Turkey, and uh, right. and they have very unique beaches where some will have like the black volcanic rock, black. and then there'll right. be that's it. Yeah, sand beaches, and then there'll be like you know other pebble beaches. Yada yada yada. They have all sorts of things. And I like the island a lot because it's like the least touristy of all the islands. So you're not paying, you know, $8 for a coffee. You know, you're paying $2, what it would cost any other person. So that's what yeah. I'm like. When I go back to Greece, I need to go back there. Because I've been to, um, the last time I went, I went to Thessaloniki, which is like the second largest city in Greece. Right. Um, right. It's a little bit further up north. Um, and then we went to the west coast where my wife's dad's from. Um, and, uh, he lives up in the mountains. So we get to see like Mount Olympus and stuff. We had to actually, we had lunch at the base of Mount Olympus, which was pretty cool. Wow. That's yeah. so cool. So I do, yeah. next time I do want to go, I actually want to go explore a little bit, maybe do some hiking. I think I want, I really want to see everything that Greece has to offer. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to go back to the Island and hang out there because sh- it's so fun. <laughs> you should. Have you, have you ever heard of a book called Mythos? No. You you should check it out. It's um, do you know who Stephen Fry is? No, I do. I, I have to admit, I don't read all that much. Oh no! He, well, actually, I mean, he's a he's an author, but he's also an actor and a comedian, British actor and comedian. Okay. And he wrote this wonderful book called Mythos. Um, it's so good that I, after reading it, I bought the audio book just so I could, uh, listen to him reading it. Hmm. And just get familiar because it's all about the Greek mythology, the the um, the origin of all the gods and their stories, and um, it's it, fascinating. And I had no idea how many words, the etymology of words that I use every day, are just uh, come from. In fact, you know, funny if we look at the word horology, you know, the study of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you trace it back, first, it, as as Brits, we we got it from the Latin, but the Latin got it from the Greeks. Mm-hmm. You know, horos, horology, and then right. you know, so like, it's uh, it's utterly fascinating, and I think you'd it's it's not very. What I like about Stephen is that I mean, he's a he's a quite a highbrow intellectual, highly educated um, Cambridge. Um, um, I attended Cambridge and, and, um, you know, he's very respected for, for his literature, but, um, he, it's not pretentious. It's not like difficult to understand. It's just very like he, he find he's, he's very funny and, he, and it's very accessible. Um, so I highly recommend mythos. Um, cause I, I, as, as for you, you'd feel immense pride. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, you know, I, I, I was like proud of it and I'm not even Greek. So, you know, 
Um, I so, definitely have to give that a read for sure. At least to listen to the audiobook. Uh, yeah, yeah. Get the audiobook. Just I, I like, I like just to put it on, just in the background. Just you know, a, a chapter every so often because you know, chapter so and so, such and such will be, you know, the origin of a certain god, uh, of a certain thing. You know, a certain governance of like I don't know. Um, uh, it might be um, Apollo or something. Oh, do you know what I mean? And then it will yeah. just tell you the story of Apollo and it's just you know I was thinking I was thinking to myself too the other day and because now I'm on this big watch kick and uh right I have to you know so I was like oh let's see what kind of micro brands are from Greece you know right I would walk nothing not one watch company nothing I was just like really nothing and then I was just like there's so many like myths and and uh, even yeah. Alexander the Great and all these other things are from that region and there's no watch designs about it, like anything of that. And so I was like, maybe I should design something because I'm kind of artistic, yeah. <laughs> right? And then I'm just like, oh shit, that takes a lot more work than I thought. Maybe oh, I can't. God, yes. <laughs> but, yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely a gap there. Um, well, but, you know what's funny is like half of these watch brands, they like Omega, Omega, you know, right, it's a, exactly, a, a, a yeah. Greek. Uh, the the hippocampus on the the back of the Seamaster that we were talking about earlier on every single Seamaster that's ever been in a Bond movie, unless it has an exhibition case back, you know, the seafood case back. The hippocampus, this mythical sea creature that's kind of part horse, part fish, Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then there are, there's a few brands like a, a few micro brands like uh, Laurier. They have their Neptune. They have their Gemini, they have their, you know, so like the, even though they might not be a Greek, uh, directly a Greek brand, there's the, 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 the culture permeates so deeply into everything. And I think that's what the book really made me realize. It just made me realize, Jesus, like everything, it all goes back to this or goes back to that. You know, have you seen the movie, uh, uh, my big fat Greek wedding? No, I, I I'm ashamed to say I haven't. Sorry. <laughs> the, the that's fine. But the dad is always he's very proud to be Greek, and he's yeah. just like every word comes from Greek. I tell you, give me a <laughs> word, and I tell you how it goes back to Greek. You know, and so, <laughs> it just cracks me up because I'm like, you remind, you remind me of Mr. Panos. Have you ever? Have you <laughs> oh, seen Mr. Panos. Panos. He's oh my god, that's a YouTuber <laughs> that I miss right now. Mr. Panos yeah. is hilarious. He is a comedian though. Yeah, what happened to him? Because I haven't, I haven't watched him for ages. Yeah, he might have uh, just fell off. You know, it's just the creative got to him. Maybe I don't know, but he, I know he does a lot of stand-up comedy. Right, um, right, right. But yeah, oh, Mr. Bonos was yeah. so <laughs> funny. Oh my god, when I saw him, that that's early YouTube right there. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. Oh my god, now nah, I missed yeah. this. Now I want to go back to early YouTube days when it was all about making viral videos. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. But um, yeah. Uh, back to the video games. Now I'm thinking about my everything going on here. Um, yeah. You know what game they just came out with? And when you said Command and Conquer, um, mm. oh, yeah. uh, so have you? So how big of a Command and Conquer fan are you? First of all, well, um, let's just say I got in trouble <laughs> at school because when it came, the first one came out. Um, yeah, it caused problems. Like I would skive off just to play it. Um, I, I love the early ones. Why, why, what has, so, has a so new one come out? There's a, there's a company out there. It's called limited run games. I don't know if you've ever heard mm-hmm. of them. No, they specialize in like, um, releasing physical media for digital games. 
Mm-hmm. And so they have made this collector's edition of like uh, Tiberian Sun and Red Alert oh. and all this stuff. And they have like all these. I showed my buddy because that's where me and my friend Dustin, we met each other in like eighth grade. And mm-hmm. he's Macedonian, I'm Greek. And so like we're like, oh, let's have a team. And so we played Command and Conquer and we would always like team up and like beat everybody else, whatever. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, they have all these like... um Oh, what do they call them? The GDI or I forget yeah. what, what all those groups are. But no, they have all, like, the all these pins and they have these art books and they have these uh, uh, soundtracks and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, I have to tell TGV about this one yeah. because <laughs> I love that. I, I love it. flipped yeah. shit when I was when I saw that. I was like, this is amazing. I need to get this yeah. now. But this, I think it's like 150 bucks. But I was like, wow. oh, man. But that wow. game right there, that was like one of my most fun gaming memories growing up i just love doing that i suck at strategy games too that's like the the bad part about it is like starcraft and all that i have no clue i am just very bad mm. I, that's funny because like i'm the other way around uh, what, what, what's your preferred genre uh right now i i play a lot of rpgs a lot of yeah. RPGs because it's very slow paced and I can take the story how I'd, I'd like to go. You know, I'd like to go slow and I like to solve things diplomatically. Um, if you like, I don't know, if, are you into RPGs at all? No. Um, like a Skyrim or something? No, I I, I kind of missed, I, I missed that, that, you know, that era. I got mm. out of games when that was kind of popping off, so to speak. Yeah, well, there's a game out there. It's called. If you, I know you're um, into uh, history and everything, so let me pull mm. it up. Make make sure I uh, say this correctly. It's called Kingdom Come. Mm-hmm. It's um, an RPG that puts you in the shoes of a blacksmith's son. Okay, in okay. the Roman Empire era. Oh wow! Um, it's okay. based in real world history, um, so there's like no magic or anything like that. Uh, but basically you don't know how to do anything. You don't know how to read. You don't know how to swing a sword, use a bow, nothing because you're mm. just the son of a, this poor blacksmith. Um, right. and then you get into you know, all, involved in all these situations and, uh, yeah, it follows the, the storyline of the Holy Roman empire. So it's actually a very interesting, uh, video game that I have to go back and play, but if you're into Is this recent? Uh this came out in 2018, I believe. And and what platform is this on? Um you can get it on PC or Xbox or PlayStation. Anything like that. Nice. Yeah, so nice. it's definitely something that I would highly recommend. And you probably get it for like 20 bucks now. But um cool. that's the type of games I like to play. It's something that's more RPG focused that my decisions matter, that I can talk through situations. Um, yeah. Something like that. I yeah you uh, it definitely sounds like you're gonna enjoy TNG. <laughs> you know there we go. And I've, now and I have I've got to watch a, it. Yeah, I've got to check out these uh, role playing games. Yeah. Um, so let me think here. I guess in closing, if mm-hmm. is there something aside from the next generation? If I had to get TGVs, uh, I guess top three films to watch what would it be oh. <laughs> i guess what would it be <sighs> okay um i can't do it in descending order or, or or ascending order because i think 
I, I don't think there's one film to rule them all. So to you know, mm-hmm. like 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 Lord of the Rings or whatever. But um, okay, Ran would be one of them. The the Akira uh, Kurosawa classic. Um, it's basically King Lear, but in feudal samurai Japan, and it's just it's a masterpiece of filmmaking. It's beautiful to look at. Um, it's it's just it's classic stuff, you know, like um, warring brothers, um, a dying king, uh, you know, huge battle scenes. It's just, it's beautiful, you know. Um, okay, I got, that I, would, I, got sorry, that I got that one marked down. Nice, nice, nice. Um, then I would say, I'm going to have to have something Italian. I would probably say The Bicycle Thief. Or Ladri di Bicicletta, if you if you in it, anybody in Italy watching, um, this was very quite soon after the war, um, black and white film about a I, I can't remember what his job was, but he did, he relied on his bike. It was a very impoverished Rome that was um, you know the country was still reeling after the war uh, um, and. He gets his bike stolen, and he and he goes looking for his bike. Uh, it sounds quite boring, but it's not. It's it's a really heartfelt story uh, of poverty and kind of the Italian, the real Italian way of life. Um, and it's important because it was it's a it's a landmark film in the neo-realist movement, which was this kind of new way of filmmaking. Um, where the Italians would use real people, real neighborhoods. Nothing was glamorized. It was as gritty and raw as it could be. And um, back then, everything was either very Hollywood and big productions and very, very kind of uh, contrived. And this was the polar opposite. It was just about poor people and their little struggles. Um, but it's also about a father and son relationship because as they're searching for this bike, they he kind of kind of not so much rediscovers his love for his son but there's there's this kind of i i don't there's a lot of things you can read into it. it's a commentary on on post-war italy so definitely that um the bicycle thief thief sorry uh and uh, it's victoria de sica as well so very very important um italian film director um third choice um i I want to say, I want to. I want to have something American in there. Um, hmm. No pressure. You know, no pressure whatsoever. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna go with. Um, I'm gonna go with Hannibal, um, the sequel to. Uh, well, actually, it's not really a sequel because it's it's the third film to have Hannibal Lecter, um, but. It's look. It's not the best Ridley Scott film. It's not the best f- film in the world. But it's important to me because I saw it at the cinema, and I was I was just coming out of art school in England, and my father, uh, he he wanted me to go back to Italy, and uh, he wanted me to go to Rome, which is where my my family is, and um, and and I wanted I, I suggested I want to school in Florence because I saw the film it's set in Florence and um it's it's a beautiful film I think it's a beautiful film it's I I love the book 
Uh, I love Thomas Harris. I, I, I always enjoyed Silence of the Lambs. It's it's no way better than Silence of the Lambs, but it, it it's special to me because it made me fall in love with Florence, and then I went to live there. I studied there for two years. I met my wife there. Had I not gone, I wouldn't have met my wife, and we've been together ever since because she's from New York and NYU, where she was studying. They have a, a school there, um, part of their school there. So it was it was integral to kind of reawakening my love for Italy and and its history, and uh, especially the Renaissance Florence, and also it kind of um, it, uh, it reminds me of living there. I mean, there's so many shots in in the street I lived in, so you know it's, it just takes me back. And I, I, I say again, it's not the best film. There are some wonderful performances. Gary Oldman plays um, Mason Verger, this this this, this disabled um, billionaire kind of per- pervert that that Hannibal Lecter um, torments and it's a, you know how like Gary Oldman, I'm not sure if you're familiar with his work, but he's always like, he, every film is in, he transforms completely, you know, he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, one, one minute he's Churchill next minute. He's a, he's a, a pimp with dreadlocks and <laughs> true romance, you know? Yeah. And then, then he's like this absolutely revolting creature that is just pure evil, even more evil than Hannibal Lecter, you know? Oh, just wow. disgusting, that's, you know. That's so not like, easy to do. Yeah, and no, that exactly, and and such a repulse. It's amazing. I mean, he's an amazing actor. I've I've nothing but admiration. But then, uh, you know, of course, you got Anthony Hopkins, who's who I is one of my favorite actors. Um, and it's difficult because there's a million films. You know, I love Danish cinema. I love um, French, um, British cinema. Obviously, it's um yeah. It's, I could make a top 100 and it still wouldn't be enough. <laughs> you know, so. well, well, I'll have to check that out on the Urban Gentry. I'll have to see your top yeah. 100 films of all time. I need to make, yeah, I need to make that video. It'll be about three hours long, but we'll, we'll do it. You That's know? what you need to do. You need to make a video game episode on the Urban Gentry and just have it strictly old school oh. video games and say, this is what a real gentleman oh. plays. Yeah. <laughs> And do that. I'm not sure about that, but yeah, I could try. Yeah, <laughs> no problem. Yeah. But um, well, TGV, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Really had a fun time talking with you about everything from watches to to uh, movies. So thanks for coming on. Oh, it's a pleasure, man. Thank you so much. I'm I'm very honored. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. All right, guys. Uh, if you want to check out the Urban Gentry, you can find them on YouTube and I believe Instagram as well at the Urban Gentry. Yes, that's right. Absolutely. And if you want to pick up your next watch, go to watchbox.com. And, uh, nice. Yes. <laughs> we'll put that plug in there. Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. I have yet to buy <laughs> something from them, but it, the website looks very cool. So thanks for coming on. And thanks for listening. You've been listening to Power Gauntlet. Be sure to follow us on social media and visit frozengorillas.com for all of your Power Gauntlet and Blue Light special merch.